She before me family this is tiffany we are back again uh, with another beautiful story interviewing so many great women so many people who are in so many different places in their journey um, and just at a place where they really want to share you know they really want to dive in um, and put it out there to to really own their truth so super excited about uh the interviews uh the upcoming interviews and and just so many women who are just coming forth and, and willing to, to just share 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 if you are not subscribed on the podcast please subscribe we are on all platforms Forms, um, and hoping to get on some more. So shout out to everyone who subscribed. We love you. We appreciate you. And then also join us in the She Before Me community. You know, we're, we're talking about some good stuff in there where we, we're really challenging one another, I say, this year. So um, it's been awesome to see just kind of the feedback and see where the different women are, again, on their journeys. So today we have Tina Okay, she's on the call because, you know, a friend came to me and said, you know, I know a, a beautiful woman who's just like has this amazing story and she wants to share it, you know, and even she just wants to write a book about it. And I feel like and I say this all the time on the podcast, like I really appreciate it when people just get to that moment of like, I, I just want to tell my story. But what what was it for you that was like driving you to really want to tell your story? You know, because some people are like, I ain't ready. I ain't ready. Or, you know, they keep their stuff hidden and buried and things like that, um, which can weigh on a person for a lifetime, you know. But what's driven you, Tina, to really want to tell your story? I can't really put a, a, a definite finger on what made me want to tell my story. Uh -huh. but it's, it's just that a lot of things that happened in my life. has like they weren't they were bad things. But as I got older, it turned out to they happened for a reason. Mm -hmm. I just felt like maybe my, maybe if I tell somebody my story, I could probably help another young lady who, okay, no, let me start over. Mm -hmm. Well, what, what made me really want to tell my story is I seen this thing on Facebook, mm -hmm. and it was a boy. It was a it was a a mom trying to surprise her son and let him know that he was adopted. Ooh. So, yeah, this story touched me. So, like, he was blindfolded. They was reading stuff off to him. So he was all excited, thinking it's a new car because he just graduated from high school. And when they took the blindfold off of him and the mom revealed that she was not his real mother, she adopted him at a young age, he went ballistic. Mm. He went crazy on her. And I, that gave me an inspiration. I'm like, wow, he didn't even know he was adopted. I've been yeah. going since I was 14. I was adopted. But my parents didn't tell me either. Okay, let's dive into that a little bit. So you said you spoke a little bit about your parents. Um, you know, what was the reason for them wanting to, you know, put you up for adoption? Well, my dad said that he didn't even know my mom was pregnant. My mom mm -hmm. said she was on drugs 
she was uh she was considered the stick up lady. So she didn't think bringing a kid home with the lifestyle she was living was safe. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you remember? Did they tell you like how old you were when they, they put you up for adoption? Um, I was five years old, but I've been wow. in uh, DCFS custody since I was six days old. Okay. Okay. Do you, do you remember what it was like at five? Like kind of changing, you know, changing scenes because at a young age and well, then it's no. like, so here's the thing. When my, when my real mother had me, she, she named me and she left mm -hmm. me in the hospital. She did. Oh. She did. So f straight from out of the womb, I went straight into foster care. Gotcha. So the, okay. parents, the parents that they chose for me, they just ended up adopting me when I got five. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And then that transition, where, were there moments of like, you ever fell, and I know from infancy to obviously 14 or five, you know, I don't, I'm not sure when they told you, but was there ever moments where you questioned like, are these my parents or, or something like uh, an incident happened or an occasion happened every where they day told you? Every day since fourth grade. Every day oh. since fourth grade, I questioned it. I Did you go, I, to your, you go to your foster parents and say, hey, you know, what's up? Or is it something that they came to you and told you? Nope. They didn't tell me and I didn't ask. Uh, they went out of town. So I was a bad kid. So there's mm -hmm. another, that's another reason why I knew I wasn't no kin to them. I didn't have the same attitude as them. My sisters, they were scary growing up. I'm ready to fight. I don't give a fuck who it is, where he at. I was, so I knew I was different from the people I grew up around. Mm -hmm. So I was so bad that they didn't let me go out. They, they chose to punish me. But I didn't get to go to the family reunion every summer when they went. Did you know so the people were, that adopted you? No. Okay. So these are complete strangers. Yeah, they were complete strangers. So they would leave me in the house while they go out of town. And I had to stay there the whole weekend by myself. So this particular weekend, I've seen a foul cabinet, but it looked like a safe. I'm 14. I'm thinking it's money here. <laughs> so I break open the safe and I find nothing but papers in the safe. Mm. So I was going to put the papers back, but some said, mm -mm, go through the papers because who would put papers in a safe? Yeah. So when I went through them, that's when I found out I had two names, two socials. So I'm like, what? Oh, man, these people not know. It's not even my mama and daddy. I, yeah. I totally went crazy after that. <sighs> so, okay. So. Were, what type of environment did you grow up in with the foster family, right? So, like, because you're like, there was something inside of me where I felt like I didn't belong, right? But, but it, was, it was more so, we grew up, I grew up in a religious household. We went to church okay. at least five days a week. We were in church. Damn. Sunday school, Bible class, choir rehearsal. We mm -hmm. was in church for everything. So, honestly, I could say I kind of grew up in the right environment. Okay. But it was the people that was inside the environment that wasn't all the way right. They knew I wasn't no kin to them. And as I got older, I, when I when I found out and I, and I ran away and I started had time to think like, so this is why they used to treat me like this because I really wasn't no kin to them. Okay. But even then, like, 
you did you not feel loved at all then? Like, cause they I were didn't. trying to bring you up. Okay. No, I didn't. What was what was what were some things that they were doing? Because you know, in most cases, people get into these like adoptive families, and you know, they feel like, oh, you know, I had a decent upbringing. Although, despite I was, you know, adopted, I still, you know, was around like this loving environment, and you know, it was well, a, it was a positive environment. Okay, so unless it was, it was just like they were doing some ridiculous ass shit, you know. Yeah, it was positive and negative okay. because, like, on my on my foster mother end, it was positive. She still showed love, but it wasn't as genuine as it was with the other kids. You get me? Because okay, so I saw. Okay, I'm I'm gonna give you a prime example. Man, growing up, like I kind of had it hard. Like they had me in and out of hard growth, all these mental facilities, acting like something was really wrong with me and. Nothing was wrong with me. Mm -hmm. I, used to, I used to go see these psychiatrists and, and they'd be asking me like, oh, what is wrong? Um, so I, I'm going too fast. So after I found out I was adopted, I really did a complete 360. All I started right. cursing. I, you couldn't tell me nothing. Like you, every time she would say something to me, I'd you ain't my mama. And she never questioned that. I but what, but what, like, so they come back home and. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. What was that experience like? Well, first of all, you said as soon as you saw the papers, what did you feel right away? Just Was it just complete anger? I was like in shock. More okay. I'm more shocked than angry because I'm looking at a, 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 a paper that say my name, but then I'm looking at another paper with part of my name and then another name and then like it was, it was, it was, it was actually shocking. You're like, who am I? Like, yeah, I'm like, what? So all this time, this not my family. How did I get here? Why am I here? Right. So then, I pondered a little bit with it for about. I, I, I tell, you, I tell you what, it ate at me. That happened in July. Mm -hmm. I didn't finally say anything to her until maybe the week before Christmas. Why though? I wasn't why even, didn't she say anything? Well, the reason why I didn't say anything because I felt like, first of all, I had broken the cabinet, so I wasn't supposed to be in the cabinet. Yeah, yeah. So I, did, so I didn't want to know that I had broken the cabinets. I didn't want to think I was a thief, but really, I was. My intent was to steal money out of this safe. Yeah, I it yeah. <laughs> but it happened to be not money. So I didn't really say nothing to her because I didn't know how to bring it up. Mm -hmm. And then I um I snuck and found my real mother after that during the during while she was still on vacation. I snuck and found my mother while she was still on uh vacation. So I was, you know, conversating with my real mother. I had her call in the house. And um I was wait, never wait, wait. So back up. So so after you found it the same weekend they were gone, you end up like researching and finding your mom. Yeah, so like, you know, back 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 in the nineties. 411, you can dial 411 and give yeah. them any name in America. And they're going to put you right where the address, phone number, everything. So my real mother's name was on the adoption papers and the birth certificate. So you so, you researched this lady up that you don't know. I picked up the how, phone. How did you feel? How did you feel making that phone call, though? Like, scared I'm about shit. to just, okay. <laughs> I was so scared because I didn't know if she was going to reject me or if right. she was going to be like, Oh, you got the wrong Josephine. It's not the right lady. So I, I was really, I, I called and hung up 
three times before I actually finally gave up enough nerve to say, hello, um, I think you my mama. And she like, yo mama, who is this? I say, did you have a daughter that you gave up back in 1980? I'm not answering no questions until you tell me who this is. So now at this point, I got an attitude because you already know you gave up a kid. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, is this Josephine Bell? Because I'm, I think you my mother. My name is Tina. And then she was like, oh, and she started crying and all that hung up on her. I just wanted to know if it was real. Okay. And then so, how did you feel after that? Crazy. Like, for real, I started drinking heavy after that. Like, I would spend my allowance on getting drunk every day. Every day. I went to school at 14. Drunk. At 14, I was going to school drunk as hell. Damn. I couldn't, I so, couldn't cope with it. Right, right. Because now it's like you getting hit from all different directions. And then it's like, crazy, nobody like, really, nobody really give a fuck about me because nobody told me shit all this time. Y'all let me grow up around y'all. I'm calling somebody mama. They ain't my mama. Yeah. If something happened to me, I can't even use y'all blood. What, what, why nobody told me this? Do you think they ever had the intention on telling you? No. So what? Okay. So what happened? Okay. So you they come home. So they now come you home. said you were already a bad kid, right? Yeah. But I then was you're like, I was then like, you. I was kind so of you, bad, but I just went ballistic. I started okay. doing everything. Police bringing me on. I was doing. I was trying to. I was crying out. So I, like. Yeah. If I wasn't drunk when I was sober, the police was bringing me home. If, if I was sober, I was cool. But if I was drunk, the police brought me home. I went to the Audi home like five, six times. I'm busting out windows. I just was, I don't know. I don't know what was going through my mind, but. What did you I need? What did you need in that time? What I did knew you I wasn't no kin to them. So I'm like, okay, so I got somebody else's blood. I'm finna show them I got somebody else's blood. This was right. in my mind. Okay, they want to act like I, they don't want to tell me. Okay, I'm gonna make them tell. So what? But what? What did you need during that time? Like, what did know. you need from both your mom? Okay, I don't know. Yeah, because I, I just I feel mean, like that's such a like maybe more. I don't know. I, you know what? I think at that time I probably needed a real hug because my mm -hmm. foster mama was not affectionate towards me. Yeah, yeah. So. That could be it. She wasn't affectionate toward me. And her kids beat the hell out of me the entire time I was there. So I, to, to then find out, wait a minute. I've been getting the hell beat out of me by these fucking sisters and brothers for 14 years. And then here it is. They not even, not my, even my brothers and sisters. Brothers. Yeah. Ooh-wee. So then yeah. here comes Christmas. And you finally say what? So, okay, so... The week before Christmas, like I said, I, once I contacted my mother, I probably ignored her for maybe a month after that. And then I finally called her and started trying to gradually conversate and try to just try to get to know her. So she would call like every night. And one the one night, the week a week before Christmas, my foster mama called me in there and said, come sit at the end of my bed. I said, for what? I'm going to go outside. She said, you finna go outside? It was like 11 o'clock at night. I said, yeah, I'm finna go sell drugs. I'll be back. She mm -hmm. said, I want to tell you something before you leave out this door. And this might save your life. I said, what? She said, I need you to sit down first. So I sat down and I looked at her face and she said, 
who is that grown lady that keep calling here every night for me? I said, that ain't no grown lady. That's my friend from school. She said, I'm going to ask you again. Mm. Who is the grown lady that keep calling here every single night? I said, you tell me, because you didn't even tell me I was adopted. You want to know who it is? It's my real mama. And jumped up off the bed and walked out the house. Ooh. And I didn't come back that night. That was the first time I decided I wasn't going back to the house. So now everything out there on the table, I, I could stop holding it in because now you yeah. know I know. So when you got back to the know. house, though, I was going to say, when you got back to the house, what was that conversation like? Like what? There was no conversation. She didn't, she didn't continue the conversation? Nope. She let it be. She didn't say anything else about it. And that hurted me so much that she didn't even want to like, explain like, and, you know, or like, yeah, I mean, like, this is hard for a kid to find out at this age. That's to me, because I, I, I have a license to be a foster parent. I would never tell a kid when they that big and I had yeah. this that little. Right. Oh, man. So what was and your. I left, I left New Year's Day. I ran away New Year's Day and never looked back. At fourteen, what was at fourteen? What was your what was your worth and confidence like at that age? Just like I'm at this pivotal point in my life, and I'm discovering this whole new side of my identity that was, you know, shielded from me. And now I'm I'm this young teenage girl going into this world. I, I took it as. I'd rather run in the world than keep living here. I done lived a lot for 14 years and was getting yeah. the hell beat out of me in the years. I yeah. might as well run the street and see what the streets got to offer. And I was, what did they have to offer? I was already a, a complete alcoholic. I, yeah. I, was, I was smoking weed already at 12. So about 14, I was a, a weed patient. Like So I was just ready to just go. How did you survive? You know what? <laughs> I, I I could say I honestly got my strong my strong will to survive from my real mother because I slept on park benches. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I moved in with a pimp. Like I went through a lot of shit growing up. <laughs> like for real. Like when I when I ran away, I slept on a park bench for like three days, and then I finally told one of my friends that I ran away. She, she the only one knew I was adopted, so she told her mama, and they let me stay there off and on, but it was on the same mm -hmm. block that I lived on. So once my foster sisters got wind of me actually on the block, mm -hmm. my adopted mama started calling the police because I was still a ward of the state, so the police was coming to their house. They were selling drugs, so they put me out. So I had to be on the street because everywhere I went, whenever they found out where I was at, my mama sent the police there. No. So why didn't you go back to your birth mom after that? Like you out in the streets, you ever, you know, call her up and say, hey, you know, I ain't got nowhere to go. Here's your, here's your chance you know, to be mom. I, I, you know what I mean? I guess, I guess I'm skipping a little ahead of that. So I did kind of, uh, I spent Christmas with her at the, I finally blurted out to my adopted mama that, mm -hmm. oh yeah, that's my real mom. So I spent Christmas with my real mother and um 
I don't, I don't know. Like when I was little, my sister them used to tell me to make fun of me as I thought then. But I know now it was never making fun of me. They meant it. They used to tell me, Boy, the reason why you act so bad is because mama found you on the doorstep. Now they used to tell me this before I found those adoption papers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, but I we used to say hateful stuff like that. Stuff like that, that. yeah, I for never sure. Yeah. Took it up that it was really the truth. So once I found out that, oh, I was really a kid that wasn't popular, maybe I did get found on the doorstep. Right. So in my mind, I had nobody to actually talk to to find out what really happened, the reason right. why I took it up with these people. So everything that all my system used to say, it, I didn't have a good outcome when I met my real mother. I tried to kill that lady. So, so I was just about to say, walk me through that. Like, so, she okay, invites spent, you over for Christmas. I spent Christmas with her. And uh, like the first couple of days, it was okay. But my mission was I only wanted to know why Why was I there. Right. Why are you here? You you pregnant again. You living in this big old beautiful house. Yeah, five-bedroom house. And I'm sleeping in a, a room with other kids that's not even my sisters and brothers. I'm trying to mm -hmm. figure out what's going on. Yeah, and every yeah. time she would say, you're too young. When you get a little older, I tell you, you're too young to even understand what, you know, what was I going through back then. Yeah. I took, I took that. But on the That was inside, her first words to you, really? Like, what was that? What was yeah, the first like, words? Oh, well, when we first met, I, I caught the train out south. And uh, the first words we said was, she said, how am I going to know who you is when I see you? I told her just like this. Man, I've been living around these people 14 years and I don't look nothing like them. I'm going to know you when I see you. I knew mm. who she was before she knew who I was. Okay. I was looking at her for about five minutes before I walked over there to her. Like, yeah, that's her. We have the same face structure. Yeah. So I was actually excited when I first got off the train. But then when I got off the train and seen she was pregnant, the excitement left. Because you, you out here trying to be a mama again? And yeah. I'm coming from So that didn't sit well with me. So, but I did try. I, I can honestly say I tried for the first couple of days, but after that, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was the devil or if it was just the conscience just eating away at me because I had so much on my mind. Yeah, you wanted to talk about it. Yeah, you wanted to dive in. Talk to wit. So I don't know. I just know she went to sleep, and uh, I came in the room. No, she was laying down. I came in and said. Can you just really tell me? I just really want to know what happened. Why do I got this scar on my stomach that I got to live with for the rest of my life? And I'm in foster care. I want to know what's going on. She opened up one ass. You're too young for me to tell you that. I'm not, I, I'm not going to tell you. So don't come back till you're like 21. Then I'll tell you. When she told me that, I went in that room and I went in that front room and I, um, I laid on her couch and she had all white furniture for this late like the all white. So yeah. her whole house was all white. So I went and laid on the couch and uh, I don't know what came over me. It was just like someone was telling me to just, shit, just kill her. Fuck it. So no. I went in the kitchen. Yes, I went in the kitchen. I got the biggest butcher knife I could, could pick up at that frail size I was. Mm -hmm. And I crept up into her room. I crept up all the way up to the bed. I got on the bed. I had the, both my hands looking down in her sleep. 
I'm getting ready to bring the knife down. I could say I probably was maybe five inches from her face. Oh, my gosh. And she woke up. And she just started crying, like, what's wrong? What? Are... And, I, and then that was, I guess that's what the affection I wanted. Because I just broke down. Yeah. Uh... I still didn't forgive her for none of that. Like, I still treated my mom like shit after that the whole time. I'm mean, I'm saying so at that moment, this is the most vulnerable moment. Like I got this deep hurt and void and pain and frustration in me to the point where I'm about to take your life. And she wakes up only That's to what say what? Was she said. did she give you the explanation then or was she still trying to beg you not for her to tell the story? Because really oh, that just sounds did. like she hurt her own personal guilt and shame that she couldn't tell her, it you is. know what I'm saying? That she couldn't it tell is. you. She went she went to her grave with that. Really? She died when I was uh, uh I think I was about 34. So she had no plans on telling me that shit for real. So what happened after that? You cried. You said, you know, she said, you said, what's wrong? And you like, just tell me, just tell me. I just want to know what happened to me. Why am I not here living with you? And she just rocked me and just, we just cried together. And that was it. Like the next morning she cooked breakfast. Like, like nothing never happened that night before. We never talked about me pulling the knife on ever again. We never discussed it again. I don't know. I tell you what, God saved her life. <laughs> For real. What are you really going to do it, though? Yeah, what are you really going to do? I was sad to say that. I was. I feel like when people, like, when people are on the brink of, like, wanting to take somebody live, like, they just feel like, I ain't got shit to lose. Like, fuck it. I didn't. You know I didn't have shit. And my whole life was fake. Mm, mm, mm. So after that, you leave, you leave her house. So I stayed there for the rest of the Christmas break. At the Christmas break, um, no, I didn't stay there for the rest of the Christmas break. I had her sister come and get me, and I spent the rest of Christmas break with her sister. And then they took me home because Josephine, my mom, didn't want to take me home. She didn't have a car at the time to take me home, and it was cold. I already got on the train out there on a very disappointing vacation. I didn't want to get on the train and go back home. Yeah. So they took me back home. And I guess by the meeting didn't, the first meeting didn't go well. It it just made it just made me worse. Every just made everything worse. So I couldn't every day I just would look at my foster mom with disgust. Like, you a fraud. You go to church, you go to all these fucking church services, and you telling us not to lie and steal and, and you you you've been lying for, for 14 years. Mm-hmm. You think because you never said nothing that you wasn't telling a lie, you was living a lie. You were actually letting me live a lie. Do you think that she was trying to protect you, though? I don't know. I don't want to accept that, so I'm going to say no. Because <laughs> I'm only thinking it from, like, a parent perspective. Like, because, you know, as, as, as a parent, parent we're always, try, we always trying to, like, shield our kids from, like, as a parent, dangers and okay. truths and, and hard on life, you know. Level, on the parent level, because I got three boys, yeah, she probably was. But, I, but I'm gutter with my kids. I guess that's why God gave me boys. I'm going to tell you like it is. If you don't like it, that's on you. Mm -hmm. So I just think she should have been more straightforward instead of not saying nothing. Because do you, but do you think you were going to be able to handle that truth? Hell yeah. I, I would have, 
my life, I think I wouldn't have been as fucked up. Look, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had to go through as much as I did to get where I'm at right now. I only, you know, they say how when you're born, it's two paths. You can either choose this path yeah. or you can choose this path. Now, the path that I grew up on, we grew up in the church. We was at church Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Saturday night, and Sunday mm-hmm. night. So I could have chose that path, but no, I didn't. I chose, oh, it's excitement because when I do what she do, let us go outside. I see people standing out here. They putting something in somebody's hand, and they walking away with a pocket full of dough. I like that. So I chose that path, but I honestly think, had she been more straightforward and letting me know that you came from a gutter background, that's why you so rough around the edges, it would have made me rough from that. Mm. I probably wouldn't have embraced, you know, I, I probably would have, I probably wouldn't be as rough as I, if I as I am. Had she told me like, oh yeah, yo, cause she she was friends with my real mother. They knew each other. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were friends. Okay. That's how she knew to go to the hospital and get me. Okay. She, she told her she left me in the hospital. So then my foster mom went and got me. So mm-hmm. as I just think that you knew your friend was was like, really, I am. Uh, on drugs and sticking people up, I think, and man, at least, at least by now, because in kindergarten, I took a knife to school and tried to stab one of the kids. So, at, I mean, in kindergarten, who doing this in kindergarten? So right. if I did this in kindergarten, about fourth grade, when I pushed the teacher down the stairs, man, it was time to sit down. Like, I got to tell her she got some other blood, so maybe I can focus. But no, she tried to hide that shit with that fucking mental shit putting me in out of hospital like something was fucking wrong with me. And it was nothing wrong with me. I used to tell them people, y'all getting paid for shit. I'm not telling y'all shit. Ain't nothing to tell y'all. Mm. They told her. So even before, but, but even before you found out, do you think like the state of your behavior was more because like you was just missing like that nurturing, like motherly or parental like disaffection you know what i'm saying because i feel like a lot of us didn't get that and so as we get older it's like we lash out we were we we asking and beg we doing anything and everything to get the attention that we really we think we desire i tell you what i'm not affectionate Mm -hmm. it fucked me up i'm not affectionate and my kids my boys have to make me hooked up i'm getting out of it now because i i'm my middle son He's more emotional like me. So he he lashes out. Like his attitude is just like how it was, like how I was growing up. He don't give a fuck. He curse him like, look. He he tell him, like, look, mom, you being too fucking mean right now. So I think if maybe if they probably would have shown me a little more affection, I probably would be more affectionate toward my kids. Yeah. I love my kids. I do anything for my kids. And I think I'm a damn good mama compared to what I came for. But I don't know how to just out the blue come in the room just give them a hug. You know, like sometimes you don't need a reason to hug somebody. Some people need a hug without you telling them they need a hug. Yeah, for sure. And it's almost like we, we don't even know how to receive it. No. We don't know how to give it because such a such a void and a lack. And it seems like you from birth never had that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's so unfamiliar and, and, I, I and it's gonna look different even as your parents. It messed me up in relationships, everything. Like 
my, my guy friend tells me all the time, like, you seriously go lose a real good guy because you got trust issues. You can't. And, and, and my motto is this. I'm be ready for a motherfucker to get the fuck on because motherfuckers been leaving me my whole life. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's my motto. I'm used to. So, but let's go back. It. Let's go back a little bit. Like, so you become legal age of 18, right? And at this point, it's like you're making adult decisions about your life and the and the choices that you want to go, the paths that you want to go. Like, what was your mentality at like 18 versus 14? Like 14, you was already rugged. I don't give a fuck. I'm out here. I'm living my life. Hey. Then you at 18, it's like, was that magnified or were you like, you know what? I've done this. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try something different. You know what? I, I, I really tried to stop it at 15. Okay. Well, I was out on the street a whole year. I had finally uh, met, met up with a pimp. And uh, I didn't know he was a pimp at the time. I didn't find out to later on after he had died and I was a little older that that man was really a pimp. So um, he, I was sleeping on a bench in front of his apartment. And okay. he was like, he like um, oh, why are you sleeping out here? You know, you're welcome to come in. And I did to see him with a lot of ladies. And by me being on the street selling drugs, mm -hmm. I knew that they were whores. So, so I kind of maybe kind of want to say I kind of knew he was a pimp, but not really knew, you know. So I came up there and um, I was kind of nervous because I really thought that I read a lot of books. And so growing up, I read a lot of books. I read books where girls would run away, end up meeting some big time drug dealer. and He got them prostituted. So all this type of shit was running through my head, sleep, sleeping in this man's house. And, um, but he was gone most of the time. I was there with a lot of chicks and Okay. So wait, y'all just befriended? Y'all was he just became your friend? Did y'all work together? Like what was the nature of your relationship? So he just he, he really told me that he just didn't like to see a, a nice looking young lady on the street sleeping on a park bench. You know, and I didn't by me running away at such a tender age and everything was shielded from me. I didn't know shit about rape. I ain't know nothing about, you know, you kidnapping like a lot a lot of stuff was shielded from us like i didn't i hadn't started my period so i didn't know anything about a period like yeah it was kind of fucked up so what made me want to change was the the guy the pimp he was buying my school clothes he was getting my school clothes i was going to school shop was he just was like prepping you was he preparing you for like you know because that's well, how they, they do you at first they well, lure no, no, you no, in with the no no okay okay so uh at 15, I end up uh, stabbing this girl in the neck. And 